This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from and luckily there's a show called talk time we've been waiting for this for a long time Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news special guests and unbiased reviews suburban kids the hipster street dudes all can learn something new me too i heard words with no faith is empty i stayed the course though my haters tempt me beat the podcast that'll make them envy it ain't too trendy it's acmg anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games to come on and let's get it talk time Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Journal of My Life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. A little bit tired because I woke up early for some reason and excited because we are literally just days away before I head to New York to attend New York Comic Con, my second New York Comic Con ever. And this one looks to be bigger than last year because, you know, the COVID guidelines and, and such is, you know, diluted down to a considerable amount, actually probably even more dramatic amount, to be honest. Um, I don't think there's going to be too much guidelines. They are, they are still asking people to wear a mask, even if they're, you know, cosplaying or whatnot. And um, we'll see how that goes. It's going to be interesting. I mean, they did a great job last year with the guidelines being a lot more uh, stricter than it was this year. But I'm sure people are going to, oh, you know, abide by it. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot more people this year. Uh, guaranteed, like, you know, badges and tickets were selling out like crazy. Um, it last I checked, they only had like 350 Sunday tickets left. Everything else was just sold out completely. Um, it's just, it's going to be amazing. I, I'm going to look forward to uh, covering all of that this week. This is, in fact, the last Talk Time Live for the entire week i won't be back probably till maybe the week after and it depends on how much news and information i get from this event but we're gonna cover all of the highlights of what i've done from this event because i'm gonna be pretty busy 
you know, already, I'm definitely going to check out the Super Mario uh, Brothers film teaser trailer, which is going to be a big deal. There, uh, it's going to be in their Empire stage this year, which is one of their bigger stages. I have predictions that they're going to. There's going to be a guest, and as you all know, if you've been following that, Super Mario is getting a movie, and it's been announced that Chris Pratt will be the voice of Mario for this. The fact that they're having this teaser trailer in a in in one of their bigger stages leads me to believe that there might be something else added to this. And I think it's possible that the stars of Super Mario may be attending, including that is Chris Pratt, who may possibly make a surprise appearance. I could be wrong. Um, I, I don't want to, you know, blow up expectations. I don't want to, you know, put in things. This is just my prediction. <laughs> I didn't get any information from Repop at all or anything in regards to what's happening. I'm just guessing, I'm hoping more or less, if anything, that that's what we get. So, I mean, I don't want to put hopes up, but I am still excited about seeing um, that that trailer and that event. And it's just, it's going to be awesome. There's a lot of things that is going to be happening there. Um, so many panels I'm going to be going over in the course of all four. Like, I'm going to be in New York for days <laughs> on end. Um, not just going to, you know, New York Comic Con to cover that, but just, you know, take in New York um differently than i did before than um my wife and i did before last year where you know it's gonna be a lot of fun so we got a lot of that coming but we also got some news going on this week a lot of great news and then some of it also in gear towards new york comic con that i'm going to be announcing in the next segment and in our i was about to say final stage i literally was about to say that sometimes i get the two podcasts mixed up that's our select start video game podcast of course but in our talk topic of the week I'm going to review Full Metal Alchemist, The Final Alchemy, or The Final Transmutation. If I believe the Japan version, they call it The Final Transmutation, but The Final Alchemy, which is which is titled in the Netflix version, uh, that came out at the end of uh, September. Uh, I got a chance to check it out, and it's the conclusion to the entire film version of the Full Metal Alchemist saga. So I'm going to talk about, give my thoughts on that, and uh, we got a lot of, we got a big show today. So we have to because we won't be back next week but let's not waste any time folks let's find out what's new in the world of acmg and now it's time to find out what's new in the world of acmg All right, so before I even get to this news, I can I can tell you why I actually am tired right now. Mostly because I was I finally beat Cyberpunk to uh 2077. And for really, really good story, man. I'll tell you this. I, I I said it, I said it on the Select Star podcast, and I'll say it now. Like that game could have been a heavy contender if it was on point in in 2020. It's such a shame. It's such a shame that this game, and maybe it will possibly because there's an expansion coming, which after playing through the game and beating the Nomad story, I am all on board with this expansion. I am so invested in this expansion. Uh, CD Projekt Red did a great job, you know, even though they had a lot of major bumps in the road, bumps in the road that was worthy of a documentary <laughs> of how they had, how they 
got from this point to that point in the course of two years of you know fully developing this game but then also i went back to watch um the edge runners series on netflix and i'll watch that again i'm watching that again because i want to see what i missed from the cyberpunk game uh story mode that i and see if i missed it. i knew some things i recognized some things from before but i wanted to see some little other things that I, that was happening and one of the things i never mentioned last week real quick is that david when on like episode one or two he's um he's doing a heist and it kind of screws up and then he ends up trying to drive away from the tiger claw gang but he doesn't know how to drive and i love that i have really marked out for that i immediately jump in excitement at it because i it, it told me that i'm not the only one <laughs> that sucks at, at driving or did suck at driving when i first started playing that game that just told me a lot of other people probably went through the same thing when trying to drive you know do the drive sim in cyberpunk and the, he was driving in ways like I, very similar to uh, the way i was driving but now i'm a lot better because i'm playing now playing through the um the street ver the street storyline um or the street kid storyline i believe is what they call it and i'm now a little bit more experienced in everything that i've done so it, now it's coming off a bit easier I'm, I'm becoming a better fps player if you will for single player campaign i'm not an esport by any chance i will not play overwatch or any or call of duty or any of those damn games on pvp will not ever <laughs> okay um i love the story mode i love the single player experience it allows you to have a lot of fun playing it you know uh, now even going back to playing borderlands to see how i fare with that you know i i am completely at this point a fan of this genre and, and i never thought i would be a fan of this genre before but it's partly the reason why i am partially tired because i woke up like 5 30 in the morning and just started playing again but nonetheless we got other news to talk about here we mentioned uh new york comic-con and uh in the intro of this show and we got some other major news that is coming in promotion to one of the best animes out right now and that is one piece one piece is coming out with a new film called one piece film red um and in celebration of that on october 8th the weekend of new york comic-con on a saturday times square will celebrate the latest one piece film with a huge led display all over the uh downtown times square it is showing uh the showing will be at about 7 p.m eastern standard time Fans, especially cosplayers, are encouraged to attend in full gear for this occasion. Uh, the movie is set to premiere on October 6th in the U.S. in certain theaters, and then later in other parts of the U.S. and Canada on November 4th. Uh, I am going to attend that uh, the panel that they'll have that morning, because Crunchyroll will have a panel early in the day featuring the English and Japanese cast attending. So I, I will be attending that. I got a feeling that's going to be in one of their bigger uh, halls. Like if you guys, I think it might probably be in the same Empire uh, stage that um, the My Hero Academia panels was last year. If you guys go into TalkTimeLive.com and look into the blogs, um, the blog page of it, I covered my first 
you know experience with that last year so it's a huge huge like i think it fills up to five thousand people in that stadium so it's like it's really no way people can't like if you didn't reserve for that playing thing and didn't get a seat that means you were late because it's it should be it shouldn't be hard to get in there if you are on time to be able to reserve and you do have to reserve for big panels like this um there were a lot of panels i wanted to see this year um including like like i said the uh, velma which is coming out too and mindy kaling is going to be there and i really want to see that i'm a big fan of mindy kaling uh, my wife is a fan of mindy kaling but it overlapped the super mario release and i was like i can't miss that i really can't i'm eager to see what this trailer is going to look like what this movie is going to look like it, the anticipation for that and the fact that they're putting it on a stage it intrigues me to want to see if they're going to do anything else with it like i mentioned before so um but the one piece uh panel is going to premiere in the morning time and then later in the day um saturday is going to be the busiest day uh period like i'm going to be around a lot of panels there's going to be uh, a lot of things to cover it it's the probably the most crowded of them all is going to be packed uh for this one it's going to be packed all throughout the days like last year i made the mistake of attending on a thursday and we got there thursday evening so we missed out on the dragon ball uh features we missed out on a lot of awesome panels the supergirl panel which was the last panel that they will ever do unfortunately um damn can i say real quick like i miss the cw arrowverse shows it is definitely a gap in my you know television uh watching schedule throughout the week it literally like i i've been invested into the arrowverse for years and to see that it is only like one show left from that in the, in the form of superman and lois which is now no longer connected to the arrowverse now because you know dc and the warner brothers and discovery are now just doing everything but what we want them to do <laughs> it's just it's, it's been uh it's been crazy to, to not anticipate a new show on tuesday you know wednesday because that was the norm for like over a decade with you know the cw and all that stuff so it's weird to do that but i missed out last year on that and other you know opportunities and swags and all that stuff so we won't be missing that this year we're we everything that we didn't do last year or everything that we did wrong last year we're not going to do this year because we're a little bit more prepared than we were for last year on all aspects so we made sure to do everything the right way and not to say that everything didn't go the right way because everything went great last year but now we're gonna we're gonna tweak it a bit and even do it better this year so we're gonna attend like everything from this point but uh this one piece still is a major deal every time i see situations like this i go back and it reminds me of a discussion i had with with my former co-host of this show when this show had a major amount of people <laughs> it was like five people on this show before it was just me and of course you know things they went in their own direction i wouldn't mind i continue to you know to keep it going with this but we have one episode I, it may still be available uh i may still have it up i'm not sure it's been a while it's been a long while i know i still have some group 
uh, episodes available within maybe in the Podbean section of things. I'm not sure. But nonetheless, there was an episode that we had where the topic, the talk topic was talking was discussing whether main you know anime is becoming more mainstream this is at a time when i started noticing you know pop culture starting to really really pick up on anime more and more celebrities were starting to acknowledge you know characters like sailor moon or goku like you know ronda rousey would wear you know goku outfits and credit you know her fandom for goku and dragon ball for her training and to not and to always improve um, and on TMZ, I would see some of the, uh, the producers there where Sailor Moon TMZ is like, whatever, whatever anybody thinks about TMZ, TMZ is the top is a top media, credible media source right now. Yes. They're labeled tabloid. If that's what you want to call it. But you know, what tabloids used to be back in the day from, for, uh, us in the eighties and the nineties. They were, you know, they were media sources that were just coming up with, you know, fictitious storylines or storylines that weren't true, you know, non-factual, you know, uh, articles about celebrities. TMZ does not have, you know, they cover their grounds. They are legit. A lot of major media sources take references and content from TMZ in order to, you know, report their situation. That's how TMZ got where they are now. That's why politicians and celebrities alike all get interviewed by TMZ because they get more eyes than anybody. So when I start to see anime appear on a lot of these aspects, and then on top of that, last year, uh, no, it wasn't last year, a couple years ago when we went to New York, um, what was it? Dragon Ball's Super Brawly was shown on Times Square promoting that movie. And now we're seeing this. And then also, we also see Goku in the Macy's Parade as well. And that's huge. That's majorly huge. Um, now we're seeing One Piece being displayed in such a way in Times Square, in the middle of Times Square. That's, to me, my friends, is saying that this is mainstream. It is officially gone mainstream. And it always has been, but for some reason, my former co-host believed that it was not going to be mainstream as it was because it was a, they felt it was a niche. At least I believe that that's what they thought. It was a niche, you know, type of uh, genre. It will never make it past. Now, these, it is going into hip hop culture. It is going to, you know, major parts of pop culture. Meg the Stallion dresses like Todoroki from My Hero Academia and puts it on blast because she is an anime fan and she spoke openly about her being an anime fan. There are a lot of other anime references in a lot of places. Um, it is mainstream, people. It is officially mainstream. And then on top of that, you had, you know, Sony purchase both Funimation and Crunchyroll and then Crunchyroll's like the new head brand now after a billion dollar purchase mainstream folks so and then on top of that i believe uh dragon ball super superhero made a hell of a lot and it beat out idris alba's movie okay so you can't get any more mainstream by beating idris alba for god's sake like dude 
okay and granted i did say it was very probably based on timing doesn't matter it still beat it when people claim probably felt it you know had no business beating it beat idris alba's beast you know it is what it is so this is an awesome thing that's happening crunchyroll is really pushing you know the the buttons in, in terms of you know really putting anime in the spotlight now with that said the more you know mainstream that anime is becoming i hope that the voices and actors behind those you know behind it all that helps bring that to the table the sean shimmels the cow a bears um you know it, you know you name it you know uh, the chris sabbats you know all those guys um you know uh it, it, i i hope that these guys are all, all of them i hope that all of them are gonna eventually get paid to that point um and really i i really hope that they they get you know the further this goes up the more that the accolades to get paid you know monica riel you know and everything that she does um lucy christian you know these these are as some very talented people who deserve to get that hike to get that notice in you know in in, in his in this industry and a lot of times you know actors i i feel like when you say voice actor that kind of you know dumbs it down and limits you know the actor which they are they're actors they're people performing characters no different than they are on you know in a live action base um because it's it's it's, it's it always amazes me how people call you know a cow a bear or a you know um or a chris sabbat you know or a tom gibbis or a molly flanagan well actually molly molly's kind of on a on a middle ground of this because for those guys they're strictly actors who do voice roles so they're they're labeled voice actors molly's different molly is considered an actor in a sense that she does live action and she does you know voices as well so when like you get a actor that acted in hollywood to do a role a voice role they're still actors they're not even you know limited to the idea of just being a voice actor that part i i don't understand the logic of you know fans when it comes to that they're all actors every single one of them and that right there is absolutely just something that we should you know consider thinking about in that case but i hope with the rise of anime as it's been and it's continued to rise that i hope that everybody gets compensated right i mean i know sag afters you know backing them up in this situation but eventually you know these guys you know i mean they get paid now but i don't i i, I don't believe that they get paid nearly as much as i think that people think they get paid and if you listen to some of the interviews that i have they have said it it you know granted um stephanie shea spoke about that years ago on this show stephanie shea the voice of sailor moon um who was on the show and i also worked with her um with the sailor moon panel as well uh and the bleach panel like they don't get paid nearly as much as you guys think but as anime rises continue to rise and is getting meteoric i think it's time for them to get their due you know it it, it really is because they do a lot of them do a tremendous tremendous job and what they do is it's a great art and a craft that they do and to help you know entertain us at all times so we'll see other major big news this week 
I, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about this. Deadpool 3 announced by Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman, <laughs> who will be reprising his role as Wolverine. Ryan Reynolds went on social media and with a hilarious video announcing that Deadpool 3 is in the works and it is coming and Wolverine will be involved. The promo also announced that the movie will premiere on September 6, 2024. The video was hilarious because it had Ryan talk about how strenuous and hard it was to put this together and write it and come up with a film now that this is going to be in a part of the MCU and they were working hard to come up with a great plot that still lives up to the Deadpool name and still gives it the credibility that it that the original films two the first two films had and then he said he had nothing so he couldn't figure out a, a way to do it and then all of a sudden the Hugh Jackman's in the back and he's walking away and he's like and basically he said like hey Hugh you want to play Wolverine again in a new uh Deadpool movie and just nonchalantly like Hugh just says yeah why not <laughs> then the, the camera closes up to uh you know, uh, Ryan Reynolds and, you know, I will always love you. The Whitney Houston version of Dolly Parton song plays. And we get this, we get the logo with the three claws going in it with Marvel studios logo this time on it. And it's on, and they gave a release date of September 6, 2024. I am all for this. Everybody wanted this. We've been waiting to see this to happen and we're finally getting it. And Kevin Feige managed to bring it together. And, uh, it's interesting because a lot of fans were excited but also perplexed because we're wondering about the one big you know elephant in the room with that situation ryan knew this hugh knew this and kevin feige and marvel studios probably knew this so in height of inside uh, height of this ryan put, then put out another video which was supposed to answer the jarring question fans were wondering about including how you know well how does wolverine who died in the movie logan manage to still live during the upcoming film the answer fans got was was ryan and hugh explaining it while the song wake me up before you go go by wham blared over them not giving us the ability to hear them and they're just going around and just making this big explanation of everything that's going on but we don't know so I, I, he did say briefly that that was Logan. That was a whole nother feature. That was a whole nother thing. They're going to explain how she was going it. We'll figure it out sooner or later. But nonetheless, this is awesome because they didn't make this announcement at E3. And, you know, they wanted to do this when the time was right. And what better time? So a lot to be excited about. 2024 is a long way to go. It is two years from now. However, we shouldn't be upset we shouldn't be cynical we shouldn't be mad there's so much more you know shows and movies that marvel studios is working on right now and just announced actually to um it it seems it appears from what some reports are saying is that blade has been delayed in production uh in filming of the movie uh until 2023 and people are already cynical about that and i can't what i can't with people on social media sometimes it, it you know what's so bad about people and i think it's very unhealthy mentally unhealthy and if you're the person that's listening to this is one of those people i need you to listen up i don't think it's about the movies not living up to your expectations i think that you're projecting 
yourself into these films in a way that like because think about it 2008 iron man came out since then we've had a consistency of awesome films and for 11 years from iron man one to endgame we have had nothing but phenomenal movies and tv shows all connected together with an experience unlike anything we've ever seen before so every single time now that a marvel movie have come out there's still people that are doubting because they're waiting they're cynical they're very cynical in their mindset and waiting for something to fail why i do not know but i know that it has something not to do with marvel studios not to do with production of anything they're just waiting for something to fall i don't know if it's to make themselves feel better but it you know it rarely happens and then even if it does happen marvel studios get back into their feet and kill it like we can name the amount of films that they really screwed up on it's less than the amount of fingers in my hand everything else was critically acclaimed majority you know the majority of fans felt that the every single one of these films you know knocked it out the park it's only a minority of people that really said it is not and that's just their hang up that some of them could be you know doing it for contrarian reasons others just you know want to you know hate watch <laughs> for no reason you know people want attention what can i say but there's no way that like you should be cynical about anything marvel comes out with even now especially even with she-hulk and most of the people who are complaining about she-hulk has never read a she-hulk comic book to understand how she-hulk flows in terms of story development and character and comedy because she-hulk does comedy a lot more than people think you know and it's usually men that are usually complaining about this and it's usually those men who pretty much don't read the books i had a my, one of my friends admit that they don't read um have never read the book and you know because they were saying how like it just didn't feel like like to what comic book did you not read that it did not feel like it because it obviously wasn't she-hulk you would have known that this is the type of you know banter that they have in those books i mean yes she gets serious every once in a while when she connects with other people i just posted you know images of um her battles with the wrecking crew in secret wars uh just recently like she does get into those moments but also she has realistic moments she has real world moments she has you know light-hearted moments you know because that's what marvel do that's what marvel does they like to bring the humanistic side of each of their characters they're not just you know big even though after reading secret wars from the 80s it can be a little bit campy and and melodramatic in in their dialogue but otherwise than that like it's a really good book and it you know it is what it is but they've evolved majorly now with these books to the point that they're a lot more humanistic than before and the show reflects that so you know, that's not that's not a them thing that's a you thing you know that's pretty much what i gotta say about that but deadpool coming to 2024 and we got a lot we got a lot more road to go before we get to that point so i think we'll be fine and waiting for that and waiting for blade as well so i'm, I'm sure blade is going to be great it's i i have full confidence that they will they'll be able to knock that one out the park so i have no fears for them for that so speaking of she-hawk let's talk about 
that, let's talk about episode seven entitled The Retreat. I, I think I like this episode much better than last week's episode. And I think more or less, I, I was caught off guard like many others were because uh, we were expecting to see Daredevil at this point. And we're at episode seven. And unfortunately, we didn't see Daredevil again, but we know he's coming. I am predicting if it's not next week's episode is going to be, I think we're going to see him next week episode. I think we're going to see him at the end of next week's episode. In addition to the final episode, he, I think there's going to be a Marvel team up of him and, and uh, She-Hawk at the end, because we're getting to the point of finding out with um, intelligent uh, and intelli- uh, I always screw up the name of this group. Intellig- uh, intelligentsia. <laughs> It's a word that a lot of people have not said, you know, spoke before. So, you know, just one of those words where you don't know how it's hard to pronounce until you keep saying it after a while, until you keep hearing it. It's going to take me a while because that's a really weird word to say. (laughs) Intelligentsia. But nonetheless, we're now seeing them, that group form. We also know that Hawk King is coming. We don't know who's going to be Hawk King. We did learn about the gentleman from the last episode that was flirting with Jen. His name is Josh Miller at this moment. And I say that because there's a lot that is unraveled in this episode in in reference to that. So this episode, we find Jen, uh, or Jen finds herself in a great mood after the wedding incident. And she has now been dating Josh Miller, the guy from the wedding in the last episode for quite some time. After a few dates, which led to an quote unquote nightcap or coffee, if you will. And if you talk to Luke Cage, she finds herself as Nikki, as Nikki puts it, going down a rabbit hole, waiting for this guy to call back after those two hooked up and had coffee after days on end. She, she still has heard nothing from him while she is waiting to, uh, Jen gets a call from, uh, a PO who basically needs her to accompany her on a trip to M.O. Blonsky's retreat as he, as his house arrest monitors malfunction. Now, if you guys remember, Blonsky said that he was going to do this retreat in the prior episodes where he was trying to get released and um, he was going to open up because his soul, his uh, soulmates, you know, invested in him. And he has done just that. I, I you know, I loved um, Tim Roth in all aspects. Tim Roth was awesome. In the Incredible Hawk to become Abomination. I love this version of Tim Roth as well. I thought I think he he's just fantastic in this role. Um, but Emil uh, Blonsky, if you will, is uh, you know doing this retreat, uh, and you know they got to attend over there to check on the monitor, fix the monitor, see if he's not doing anything crazy. The PO is definitely afraid of coming here because it's not only. Blonsky that is in this thing. There's a bunch of other superpower beings here as well. So while there, she is encountering, uh, she's encountered by a battle between two superpower, um, patients, I guess you could call them who totaled her car during a fight that they had. So that unfortunately means that Jen is now stuck at the retreat with no Wi-Fi signal and desperate to hear from Josh, who at this point, still has not replied to her text. Blonsky feels that this is an opportunity for her to cleanse herself and of any stress that she's, you know, had within while trying to find 
a strong signal she walks into the support group session among the super beings or villains if you will that uh required some form of therapy and it's the only place that had some form of some strong wi-fi signal at all one of the funniest moments in this scene is when jen is watching and you know observing the you know the group session when the wrecker comes in and who was a part of the wrecking crew trying to apprehend her in the previous episode and this triggered jen into a spot where she said you know she she immediately broke the fourth wall <laughs> like she was talking to the group but also talking to us you know the viewers in fourth wall mode and she realizes who this person was and she breaks into fourth wall and reminds the viewers and reminds us that by saying no, no, we're going to do this previously on this guy. And then it goes back to the flashback. And um, man, I tell you what, Tatiana is very good at, at doing this. I love how she seamlessly goes into fourth wall mode. And, you know, it's just awesome. Tatiana um, Maslani is an awesome. I mean, she really shows that she is perfect for this role and how she is seamlessly going into, you know, going into the fourth wall and back into the scene is so great oh is it can rival with the way ryan reynolds does it because i don't think that's an easy thing to do <laughs> but she does it I, it's one of the best fourth wall breaking you know moments i've seen with anybody who does it like that's including zach morris that's including ryan reynolds <laughs> that's including anybody who's ever done it before she does it really really well and it's just like like i said seamlessly it's just amazing um but they go back to the scene and you know uh, you know where he has the magic crowbar or whatever and this is wreck this is wrecker from the wrecking crew by the way it's hard to recognize him when they don't have all of the really campy gear that they normally wear in the comics if you will but a lot of people have beef with the fact that the wrecking crew is not being really focused or utilized to the way that they would like to see him but you gotta you guys gotta realize if you do it the way that they do it in the comic books it's gonna look really campy because if, if you see the way that they're dressed in the comics first of all it's the 80s so that's 80s mentality and we now looking back in the 80s and like that didn't work that won't work in the real world so they have to you know bring it to a more modern type of vibe and yeah maybe they will eventually have a way of bringing the wrecking crew to look like the wrecking crew at some at some point but not in the way that they had I, I really like the way that they handle titania in here and the way that they made her an influencer that makes a lot of sense to the modern times you cannot do what you did in the 80s and expect it to work today you got to modernize it in some cases and then Here's the other thing, because I had to talk about this to uh, with one of our ACMG members. I'll just say Brian, if he's listening, we talked, we had this conversation and I'm like, OK, here's the thing, though. Like I get people got beef about the Wrecking Crew not being the Wrecking Crew that we are familiar with in the comics. But the problem is here is that I don't think it's that much of a big deal because the Wrecking Crew, in all seriousness, was not a big deal in the comics. They were not that big of like. The Wrecking Crew was a was somewhat of a favorite, you know, group. But in professional wrestling, there's a particular type of performer that they call jobbers. 
it's a term used in wrestling to mean that the person who jobs is the one who's doing the job who's taking the hit who's taking the loss to make the other to make the hero look better the wrecking crew are jobbers they are not to be taken seriously they're not to be you know considered a major deal and this was just nothing i mean just the fact that they acknowledged them was enough um yes i would love to see them a little bit more powered up to be able to take on she hawk and maybe we will i mean people thought that we wouldn't see the abomination anymore or any connection of the the um ed norton movie because ed norton's was no longer there so they thought that they were scrap but then we saw thunderbolt you know um ross later on in civil war and then we now seeing blonsky and everything so they doubling down on this it's not to say that it's the last time we'll ever see the you know the deal but again with our short attention society we often think that that's a one and done deal that's not the case how do you again this is a thing this is one of those that that same situation or similar to that situation i was just talking about in reference to how is it that we've enjoyed 11 years of the marvel cinematic universe and yet we're still skeptical about is skeptical and cynical about anything that they come up with like i don't get it i do not get it like these 11 do you know how hard it is to come up with 11 years worth of awesome content and and and, and features and production and they did it for 11 years yet you make it seem like it's only been 11 minutes yeah like chill <laughs> you know um i i tell you man it, it's it, it it boggles me but the wrecking crew i I've, I've actually enjoyed it i didn't pay no mind to it because it's the wrecking crew dude it's like they it's not like we're talking about dr doom it's not like we're talking about ultron it's not like we're talking about like uh thanos like that's the wrecking crew let's be serious like i didn't mind when when they didn't make too much of a deal, big deal with the shocker and homecoming nobody did people love the fact that one that, that they acknowledged the shocker and two that bokeem woodbine ended up being the shocker even though he didn't wear the gear the shocker exists nobody had issue with it so now we're gonna have issue with this and i still think the stigma of this being she hawk plays a factor in it because people want to damn this movie for any reason and i also love that this show i mean this show like it's not a movie this show i should say um and i want to also point out i i love the fact that this show is not staring away from that that they acknowledge all of that all of the 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 real world you know heat that this show is getting from the cynical minority vocal minority on the internet and they acknowledge it that you know they're giving you hints telling you that they're not being phased by this okay and um i don't i agree i i fully support this this film this this this, this show is funny as hell it's just as funny as miss marvel which nobody seemed to have a problem with, with on that factor and they have with this like get a grip again i say if you didn't watch like if you're claiming that you don't like this show but you like she hawk but you never read the book or never watched the cartoon series or not the cartoon series but her appearances on a cartoon series go back into watch the incredible hawk on disney plus because she makes some appearances on there she is just is that she her character is exactly the same here as she was on a uh, cartoon series and other cartoon series that she's ever appeared on she's always meant to be the opposite of bruce i cannot stress that anymore so i didn't mind it but um you know people did so 
After she figured it out, she ended up attacking him. But after taking the record down, Blonsky convinced her to talk it out rather than, you know, grill it. Um, after letting it out, she was able to get out the uh, get out of the rabbit hole and of her mind. She came out feeling great about herself and uh, more confident than ever after dealing, uh, deleting Josh's uh, Josh from her contact page. If his real name is Josh, by the way, I'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> but we then learn why Josh ghosted her in the first place, as he is a member of Intelligentsia and oh, I got it right this time who managed to get the DNA needed to create Hawk King here. So we're definitely going to get Hawk King as to who's going to be Hawk King, who's connected to uh, Intelligentsia. Um, there's a lot of questions because it, here's the thing. If you didn't read the comic books or here's here's something that will help you out. I highly recommend you buy the recent Marvel Encyclopedia. I got it. I got the digital version on Kindle. Um, there's a lot more to it. You'll learn a lot about the comic book universe and what they're referencing off of in here. But Intelligentsia is basically a group of really incredible minded, you know, beings that are trying to rule the world. One of which involves the leader, the leader who is going to be appearing in the upcoming Captain America uh, Sam Wilson movie as the main enemy there. So I, and, and also Modoc also is making an appearance down the line in the secret war saga and in the uh, multiverse saga as well. Um, so definitely put those two together because that's possible. There's a higher power involved in this and the leader could be one of them. Modoc could actually be one of them, but I think this could be more for the leader as well. As for Josh Miller, I, it's a possibility and this is i i don't want people to say that this is but this is a i'm, I'm making a crazy prediction here could it be possible that josh miller is not josh miller but in fact amadeus cho one thing the dude looks just like amadeus cho from the comics that's one two he's working with intelligentsia amadeus cho is in fact a genius level to be a part of that now what the problem is here is that amadeus cho is in fact a hero he's a he was a former member of the avengers he's a member of the champions um he's a good guy but this is the marvel cinematic universe not to be connected with the marvel comic universe and like the ultimate universe we've seen other characters become different play different roles in this universe. I'll give a great example. Reed Richards in the ultimate universe was a bad guy. He became like a Dr. Doom level villain in the ultimate universe. So it's not so far off. He gave himself a different name. I think it's Eradicator or something like that. I forgot, but he was awesome in the ultimate universe as a villain version uh, in that universe. So it's not so far off. Again, if you've read the comic books, do you know that anything that happens in this universe is not so far off from source because they played around with these type of things before. So, I, you know, who's to say like that dude could be actually Amadeus Cho and he calls himself Josh Miller in IMDb. They call him Josh Miller. But as we know, in IMDb, if you've ever gone there, then you would know that. In fact, that 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 role 
uh, they, they changed roles and hide identities of characters on IMDb so people won't jump in because they know people like myself and other people will go in and try to look to see who's what and who's there and what what and they won't it reveal things until later on so um you know we what we do know is that hawk king is coming we just don't know who's gonna play the hawk king but we got two episodes left one thing's for sure we're gonna find out next week two we are going to see daredevil by the i'm predicting we're going to see daredevil at the end of the next episode and which is going to prelude into the final episode and we're going to get a full episode with daredevil in there i hope that's the case we're going to see him it's just how we're going to see him is going to be the thing but overall love this episode um really enjoyable heart you know warming episode because we got to kind of see jen get her groove back in this episode but we also got to see things going deeper so i've enjoyed every one of these episodes they've been hilarious they've been funny they've been entertaining um not as action-packed as you probably would want but in its place the comedy and you know tatiana uh maslani's performance has been absolutely solid in here so and this is my first seeing of her my first experience seeing her because i never watched orphan black ever uh, but i've heard so much of how great that show is and you know it makes me probably makes me feel like i should go back and watch that now after you know when there was a lot of shows i didn't jump on a bandwagon with even though i've heard it was they were phenomenal and i heard so much about her and now i see why i see why she is uh you know she hawk and why she's Jenner um jennifer walters and uh she's awesome she's been fantastic on the show speaking of which speaking of cynical fans and stupid fans out there there was a pick that just came out uh that's been circling around social media and it's a pick of uh, tatiana standing with her she-hawk stunt double uh goes by the name of um uh, malian araya and this shut up so many hate watching people and because one of the things that we were that people were saying about the show and in terms of the she-hawk um look is that her body her body form her body shape looks abnormal it looks it doesn't look normal and then we discover that this stunt double melania uh araya is like six foot five she dwarfs tatiana and there's a picture of her standing next to her so they're using the body frame of this woman to portray the form of she-hawk and she stunt doubles for this this shut everybody up because her form is being used and that means that this what we see from she-hawk is real <laughs> okay she's doing the same thing that uh that james uh, gunn's uh brother does with you know um with rocket in this case so she's she's body she's used they're using the form for it it's legit like shut up people that you know try to find another excuse to hate this show but you're not and again i said it again if you're watching the show constantly week after week and just writing hate stuff it's not about the show it, you just you're, you're you're venting so i wouldn't put too much stock into people because it's episode seven at this point if you truly didn't like watching the show you you really should have stopped watching the show by episode two at best 
but it's episode seven and you're still hate watching this show. Come on, man. What are you doing? What's really going on in your world? Let's talk about it, but not here because that will do it for this portion of the show. We're going to take a break, come back and I'm going to review Full Metal or give my thoughts on Full Metal Alchemist, The Final Alchemy, uh, the last installment of the Full Metal Alchemist series on Netflix by WB Japan. And we'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. Live.com. TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon, and in the name of the moon, you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now it's time for our top topic of the week. Ready? Wait! Folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review of Full Metal Alchemist's final transmutation, or as Netflix titles it, The Final Alchemy. This is the third installment and final installment to the live action Full Metal Alchemist uh, movies that were done by WB Japan. And I'm just going to say it. I actually enjoyed it. I liked how they uh, how the conclusion of everything and how things turned out. The fate of all the characters in here, including Edward and Elrig and the twist and turns that is going around. It. The only thing I'm just bothered by is that I, I'm pretty sure I am pretty sure that they've taken some liberties in terms of story direction and story development in here, especially when it comes to the father, uh, you know, Edward and, uh, and, uh, Alphonse, uh, father who I thought in brotherhood that he was the main bad guy in and in here, not so much. I, I, it's been a long time since I watched brotherhood and I got to go back and watch it. So I, every, a lot of what I say in terms of like continuity and, and canon, could be wrong, but for what it's worth, like I know for a fact that when they did the first movie, they I, it felt condensed, and I now see why they did it. I mentioned this before when we reviewed the uh, Revenge of Scar that it was going, it was you know that they condensed a lot of what they could have covered, but now I see that they were making they were going to make a trilogy out of this whole thing. Um, I really enjoyed it. I loved, you know. The, uh, I love there's certain aspects of characters I like. Uh, Dean uh, Fujiaki, uh, Fujiaka, I should say, is Roy Mustang. One of my favorites because one, he looks just like Roy Mustang on the uh, in the anime, and two, I liked how they were focusing on his character because you know, of course, he wants to be you know at the top, a top rank uh, you know officer in in the uh, alchemy um, from the alchemist, but his fate changes throughout this whole entire thing um so i liked where the direction they went with him uh you know K uh, kanata hongo as uh envy which we last saw him with edward in the stomach of uh gluttony 
and they're trying to get out of that situation so they're trying to figure it out there he looks just like envy in the and um in the manga and like that's the thing the costume designer here is so awesome because they they didn't like unlike what they do in you in the u.s they are straight to source with this so if they look like that in the uh anime and in the manga they're gonna look like that in the movie with wb japan they this is not just full metal that they did this too they also did this with bleach they also did this with um what is the other one gintama they all looked exactly like the characters that they portrayed on air so i always appreciate the effort that they put in to make sure that these characters that this premise that the look and feel the presentation really gives you the feel of the anime and the manga and that's what they did uh here um also i'm a big fan of renry and i love the direction of winry and uh and edward here uh if you didn't watch this and looking forward to watching this stop listening to this now until you listen to it because i'm going to spoil some things but i finally get to see those two get together and i but i'm pretty sure i i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure that that was never really covered in the manga i mean or in the, or in, in the anime series maybe the manga i'm not sure but we finally got those two to finally connect and you know admit their feelings to each other and it was a really great scene there at the end uh there, like i said a lot of twists and turns here um i thought you know Alf alphonse really stepped it up here um with his role and it looked like we were gonna lose alphonse you know as he sacrificed himself to save uh you know uh edward and give him his body back so he had to do a double sacrifice there but the father ended up you know taking a bill for him and end up saving both of the kids and they both end up coming back but the equivalent exchange for edward is that he can no longer do alchemy in there so that ends his whole entire situation there and which uh ends up with a really good happy ending which i again this maybe i will put it like this i like this so much in the way that they did the direction of everything that it made me want to watch you know brotherhood again even though i didn't need this movie to not watch brotherhood brotherhood is awesome <laughs> but this movie really pays homage and tribute to that 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 series in that in the book i thought they did a really good job there's a lot of familiar things that i saw and people complain all the time about marvel not going can you know sticking a cannon and not going to source and when i say people i've always mean a a vocal minority of people you know there's the hardcore people who why who read the comic books but don't understand how hollywood works they always do this but in this case you got to give wb japan credit for really sticking to the source more than most would and you've seen a lot of scenes in this movie that you would see in the anime and i thought they did a great job with this absolutely i also like um scar's actual uh deal too like he he ends up kind of being the winter soldier of this whole entire you know story here so we get to see him end up teaming up with eric and despite the fact that you know he killed winry's family in the second movie and whatnot and uh you know they end up that situation happening we get to see a lot of other characters in here familiar from the series as well but overall man like seriously this movie this is a very enjoyable movie and again i mentioned that the uh that the the 
performances, the, the dub performances, you know, which from the cast of the uh, second one was awesome. You know, they took out Vic Miana and replaced him uh, with other characters in here. And I thought they did a great, I thought they did an absolutely great job. So I, I just don't see the complaining here. Uh, I just hear people wanting to complain about something <laughs> in this movie. But overall, like, and it's not really much to say. Like, if you watch the anime, you'll watch, the, you know, if you watch the anime, both of them, the original and the Brotherhood version, you're going to like this movie. You should like this movie. I don't see why you don't like this movie. If you don't like this movie, I I, I have to question whether it's, you know, them or you. Because I don't see, you would have to literally describe to me as I'm watching this, what did they get wrong here? Like, if we put this, we put the, the movie the live action movie next to the actual anime you would have to tell me what exactly did they get wrong what exactly did japan get wrong with japan's own content here you know that it just it just kills me it just some people just it, it amazes me but like i said i enjoy i enjoy this i thought um and again matthew boy from uh two broke um girls playing alphonse uh elric is just phenomenal <laughs> he does he sounds nothing like it and uh Kaleeb yin who really took over for uh vic miana thought he did it he, he did a great version of edward It's not exactly the vic miana version that we're all used to and you know enjoy for the most part but um i thought he came into his own with it you know really kind of proved just like you know you we could do without unfortunately we could do without vic in here you know i know there's a lot of vic mayana fans out there you know i'm, I'm a fan of his talents <laughs> you know as well uh you know he's been on like i said he's been on the show many times and he's done his deed and they decided to do what they did with his role that's a whole other discussion for a whole other time but you know credit to uh, you know kalibian he i thought he you know he did fairly great doing the voice here and um just an overall great presentation and production so if you are a fan of this series i don't I, I i will find it hard people will have to get back to me and let me know why they feel like this wasn't a good movie or this wasn't a good series or the special effects was bad i just think people are just being picky like i i really don't see it i'm literally watching this right now and it's like okay what is the problem with this movie how is it any different from the anime you have to like this is one of those times I would love to see people do. And I and I, I had this conversation with a colleague of mine. I feel like there's a big percentage of people online with, you know, that tries to present themselves with a level of intellect, but they were probably like, they probably have a GPA of a 2.0 <laughs> for the most part, but we can't see it because they're just, you could kind of say it if they expose themselves to some case there's a lot of people who try to pretend and very pretentious in their terms and it in their ways of trying to you know seem like they are some sort of aficionado online when we can't see what's going on in their real world but in hindsight they really don't understand they really have no clue i can't i can't listen to anybody I, I refuse to listen to anybody who's who doesn't have any experience in the matter like being a fan is 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 good but that doesn't make you a professional you like what you like but you're like which what, what you like is subjective to what other people like 
I like this movie. I like the other movies that's that you may not like. There's some movies that are majority bad. There's some movies that we do see. Hell, people like House of Dragon, people like uh, Game of Thrones, but they're not perfect. They've screwed up many a times in terms of CGI and all this stuff. That was more blatant than what you see that you would try to see here in, in this movie or other movies. I just I just love when people try to play aficionado, but like you've been working at a regular job, nine to five job for years. And if you were that damn good, you would work. You would be the one working in these movies. Like if you're really that good, if you really that good at spotting these type of things, you why are you not making money? Why are you not making money doing this? You can be the solution to the problem that you see. Okay. Like, don't just talk about it, be about it. For real. If you like this movie, if you like the uh, anime, go for it. Just this, you know, just this is worth checking out all three movies. And, you know, and this was somebody who kind of liked the first one, but didn't because I didn't know what direction they were going. I thought that was like I said, I thought that was going to be a one off. It's not. And now that they were able to flesh it out more. This is a much better movie. This is a much better series than it ever was because now everything connects together. The performances have always been great. The mannerisms of the characters have always been spot on to me. No, this is not the greatest movie I've ever seen. No, this is not the greatest, you know, collaboration of anime movies that I've ever seen. Yes, it's better than Dragon Ball Evolution. Everything is. <laughs> but this one gets definitely points for effort. And could they have done more? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they probably could have. But what they've done is fantastic here. Um, trust me, we've and here's another thing, too. A lot of kids and fans today are really spoiled because we never had anything this awesome back in the 90s and 80s. The, if you if you talk about a film done by a by Asian studio, the closest, most awesome game-changing movie that I can tell you came about was a movie called The Storm Riders, and it was a it was kind of a it was a based on a, a comic book in Hong Kong or, or, or uh, somewhere in in uh, in China or in the East. But Storm Riders is based on that, and they made a movie based on it. And this was around the time when The Matrix was out. And Matrix, the Matrix changed the game for for how we looked at action and sci-fi movies forever. The Matrix can be compared to Final Fantasy VII in terms of Hollywood. Like it was that much game changing. Well, Storm Riders kind of played in that same role too because it was a martial arts film to that extent based on a comic book, but it also had game changing CGI and special effects that we've never seen in a martial arts film of this caliber and since then that that was the starting point of us seeing you know a, you know asian films evolve to what we're seeing now like if you compare this to what we've seen from back in the day like they are far and away like these studios need deserve way more credit than people are giving them but people are just so damn spoiled cynical and skeptical about everything now that they don't try to give it things credit and or or they're contrarians trying to you know stand out from the crowd and trying to get noticed by just bad mouthing something because that's what they feel like they'll get more attention doing even if it doesn't deserve it i will tell you this full metal alchemist 
all three of the films don't deserve any negative press i thought they did a really good job um you know showing the essence and the feel of the actual manga and anime and if you are a fan of the anime and manga you sh you gotta you're gonna be a fan of this and prove me wrong while this is not the best thing i've ever seen in god green earth this was a solid solid series and it ended off really well with a great happy ending you know for everybody well not for everybody not everybody got a happy ending um colonel mustang i will say like got the bad end of the stick here uh but it did work out for regardless and i like the way they ended i like the way it was put together it you know i would suggest because it's on netflix watch all three of them combined and you know enjoy them for what they are i haven't watched for ronin kenshin i'm still in the phase of like trying to see if i really want to watch that due to the circumstances and the controversy of the um creator and what he was into what he's done and stuff like that and i don't know man look i can't watch him i can't like i can't watch that but not listen to r kelly let's just put it that way <laughs> okay because that would be a total hypocrisy on my behalf to do so but full model alchemist i thought it was a great series i thought everything was great about it if i'm going to give it a grade overall uh worth seeing we're uh, worth being a fan of um i'm gonna give it a b plus yeah at, at, at not i would yeah no no i would say a b plus is a deserving for this because they put a lot into this they really did so if you don't like it that's on you <laughs> but for me personally i enjoyed it it wasn't like i said i've seen better versions of everything but this is a really solid strong you know showing of this and, and you know it, it, it was very much enjoyable so go out of your way check it out it's available on netflix right now the final transmutation or the final alchemy but watch all three of them you know even the voice acting the, the english voice acting is solid in here as well i thought the adr was great in all all through the uh three films so go out of your way check it out it's available now folks that will do it for this final edition on the road to new york comic-con it's been a lot of fun here uh, i'm gonna miss talking on the show but i'm gonna have a lot of fun probably and i'm, I'm not joking i'm gonna be drained when this is done uh if there's anything like last year i'm like i said i'm fully prepared i got like i got uh you know more you know sneaks and boots to wear <laughs> and ready to walk all through these damn places i my feet will not be hurting this time because i think one of the mistakes i made was i wore flat shoes that time no i am prepped i got like sneaks to the wazoo <laughs> i'm gonna be walking up and down the uh the entire javits center with so um this is it we're gonna see you guys a week after uh whether i'm going to do it on the next sunday i might actually do it earlier because i want to talk about everything as it's been seen but I, i'm gonna be busy as hell when i get back i got a lot of you know footage that i'm gonna be taking i gotta do a lot of you know post-production of things picture you know uh, videos all that stuff whatever it is i gotta be ready for it so get ready folks it's gonna be busy there's gonna be a lot of announcements coming possibly too during the weekend of you know new york comic-con as well so stay tuned for that and much much more but if you're looking for new content to talk to uh, or listen to, I should say, and you know, we're going to be away. So this doesn't mean you can't listen to, you know, archive episodes, especially on talktimelive.com. 
where you can check out all of our audio episodes. You can check out episodes you missed, maybe episodes you may want to listen to on there. You can find it easily on our website and our on the podcast page. There is a search engine and you can check out, you can type in select start. If you want to listen to any video game reviews, you can listen to, you could uh, type in certain names of, you know, guests that we have. You can listen to it there. Or if you want to watch those interviews, with some of our guests, you can go onto our exclusive video page and we got a whole setup there that you can easily watch them there. Uh, you can also check out our blog page because we always got content. We filled up with content there and there will be more to come after this. Trust me when I tell you, there will be more. Uh, it could be some new items that I've I got from New York Comic Con. It could be um, the event. I will be covering all that. This, Unlike last year, there will not be a release of a new game system or a new game coming out today so there will be no new um, big lines going on at uh nintendo new york but i will be going to nintendo new york to see what they got who knows what i might come out with next from there so people thank you so very much i always appreciate you taking the time to listen to this show and all of our shows if you want to listen to the show or subscribe to the show you could do so wherever you listen to podcasts that is including spotify iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher Podbean, TuneIn, audible pocket uh, cast pandora and if you're on tumblr you could just type in talk time live and you will find it there to listen to as well because i post there for all you guys there thank you guys so very much and that will do it for me on behalf of myself this is dax Xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live we are out here take care and have a great week and by the way hearts and uh, thoughts and prayers to the family and friends of coolio may you rest in power my man forever take care Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.